Welcome back to Travel Tea, where we invite you to sip along with us as we spill the tea on travel headlines, trendlines, and other industry-related news. Each week, we invite our listeners to join us as we dive into what is going on in our industry and what our thoughts are. So grab a cup, come along, and don't forget to like, comment, and subscribe. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Travel Tea. This is our first episode of 2023, how different it's been. I'm so excited to have a special guest with us today, Shelby Albo, and she is with Embark. Take the floor, Shelby, and tell all of our listeners about yourself. Um, But today, we're really going to be getting into travel trends, what's destinations of interest right now for Shelby's clients, what she's seeing in the industry, and kind of just have a casual catch-up and chat. Um, And then she's going to tell us at the end some of her travel tips and hacks and anything that may help you with your future travel plans. So Shelby, welcome. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I am Shelby Alba from Embark Beyond. Um, They are based in New York City, and I have relocated, like many others, to South Florida. Um, I grew up dancing and moved to Australia after college um, to pursue the career. When I moved back to the U.S., I went into group travel, something called teen tours for young kids um, during the summers to see the world. But I was so obsessed with Australia. So after three years at that company, I worked, started to work in tourism for Australia, New Zealand, Fiji, and Tahiti. Um, love the destination. I have my certification in the expertise of those places. So if anyone's listening and needs any help, let me know. Um, and then uh, I had my son. My son's name is Sydney, <laughs> yeah. and uh, took some time off of work and then was really ready to kind of get back into things. And then COVID hit. Um, during the summer of 2020, I referred a friend to Embark and started chatting with them. And here I am. Um, we've grown from, I think it was about 30 of us when I started. Now we're at about 200. Um, opened uh, office in Brazil and kind of worldwide. Uh, we're a very collaborative company. Um, I love that we can ask each other for insight and feedback. And uh, we all love working together. So here I am now and ready to pack my bags and go wherever anyone wants me. (laughs) That's incredible that you started at such a time where I feel like, but it's not the first story I've heard, right? And because everyone thinks, you know, when the pandemic started and everything kind of shut down, I mean, what was it like for you, particularly that year, um, sort of getting started into everything? And I mean, what was your book of business like then, as opposed to obviously how it's evolved over the past couple of years? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I think actually it was a good time for me to start because what happened was for six and a half years, I was only talking about the South Pacific, Australia, New Zealand, Fiji and Tahiti were the only places I was talking about. So to then be able to shift and do worldwide, but start small and really focus on domestic during 2020, 2021, slowly going into Mexico and the Caribbean, it really allowed me to slowly learn the destinations um, in a way to then build up um, my book of business, my confidence. I, I still believe that to sell a destination, really having the experience going, um, you know, is a big aspect of it. Um, I had traveled to over 30 countries. Um, I think now I'm at 37. So that firsthand experience, I think it was nice to kind of start during COVID and start small. Um, and I think it also allowed some of my clients to start working with me locally 
as I say, domestic, um, to then really trust me to branch out. Yeah. And so, I mean, do you find that obviously domestic boomed 2020 into 2021? Are you finding that clients are still asking for a lot of domestic or has that shifted for you? So it's interesting because a lot of clients are now traveling. I know we were going to talk about trends, but one of the trends I'm seeing is um, the multi-generational families traveling together. And I had a client this week, even that was like, you know, I think we're going to stay domestic, like, uh, with things happening and just kind of making everyone happy. People still are staying domestic for things. I had a lot of bookings for South Florida for over festive. Um, it's so popular. I think people, a lot of people had babies, you know, over the past few years, so they kind of want to stay domestic as well. Um, people are definitely branching out, um, but domestic is still still popular, and there is still so much to see. And even the luxury product is opening or, or is expanding domestically. Um, so there are so many options. Totally. And I think, so if you could predict for this year, and I feel like seasonality has changed so much just for our side, right? And I think about Caribbean and there are certain times of the year that you would know, you're like, this is going to be the high season. Everybody wants to go to the Caribbean and then it dips in sort of like an ebb and flow. And so if you could predict this year as now we move through to what is probably the most normal year since 2019, what do you think is going to be like super hot? When do you think clients should book these destinations if they haven't already? And what would your thoughts be? I think the trend right now, of course, um, like every year kind of is Europe, the Greece, the Italy in the summertime. I'm even having some clients shift to the early September. Okay. Um, and I'm finding a lot of clients are ready to go to Asia. They want to go to Thailand, Singapore, Bali, Um, I have a lot of clients interested in that for March. I think in a way, some of these destinations are year round destinations. Now, I think Japan once was a peak for one season. Now people are going for the skiing. Um, so I think people are ready to travel and every destination can be year round, even some in the rainy season, they call it rainy season. Um, but it's for a half hour during the day. And I think people need to understand that aspect of weather. And it is one thing we just absolutely can't control. Totally. And on that, what would be your recommendation for clients traveling now? I mean, something for them to keep in mind. I know we heard so much as things were opening back up with protocols and all of that. And it was kind of like pack your patients, like make sure you know that things are not operating the same way. What is one thing that you would tell your clients or potential clients now that is a non-negotiable, whether it's travel insurance or, you know, making sure passport info is up to date. Like what is something that they should absolutely know traveling in today? Um, I think, well, I always, and I posted this, I think last week on my social media to check your passports because, you know, some people have had them sitting in the drawer for the past few years. So make sure you have at least six months. So I think clients need to also just be aware of service right now. Um, It's hard to hire. It has been hard for some companies to keep people during the pandemic service is different, even at some of the top hotels and airport lounges. um, It's different. It has shifted. And to just go in knowing that, and I try and set that expectation, not to say they're not going to have a great time, but 
everyone is struggling on that aspect in that end of the industry. Yeah. And that's such a good point for you to bring up too, because I think as we look also with just pricing of everything. So, I mean, not just travel, but, you know, everyone is talking about even gas and the price of eggs, et cetera, but travel is not cheap. Especially if you're at that five-star level, if you're at that level where, and you're used to paying just say 700 a night for something that's now 1300 a night, and you're ex- you're expecting you know the level to be the level of service to be elevated to that, and I think that's a really good point to make is that people are still trying to get back up to the the levels of everything that we were before. Um, we're seeing it on our side in terms of suppliers and just you know um, say on the sales side, just finding people that I and I don't know where most everybody went in the industry, but. <laughs> I, I, I'm hoping that they'll come back around because it's such an amazing travel is such a, an incredible, ever evolving um, space to be in. So, and hospitality. So, well, and I appreciate you saying that because I think I do remember specifically a client who was going to go back to a property and they were like, well, we, we paid $800 before. Like, why are we paying $1,500 now? And, you know, it's, that's, what it is now, like things have shifted and right. The level of service may not match exactly the $800 room versus the $1,500 room, but um, people are paying it. And that's the thing people are willing to spend. So hotels don't feel the need to budge on that. I agree. And I think as you see the demand, I mean, certainly just speaking for my hotels, the demand is there. And everyone is also trying to make up for lost time too. I mean, you're you're really coming from a, a space of people just shuttering their doors. And now, you know, being able to get back up and running. And, and I think it's just so great that people are willing to travel and they have that thirst to travel. It just goes to show you human nature. Everyone just needs to have that, those experiences and that interaction. So it's just interesting. I'm I think everything kind of opened up a little bit quicker than I was expecting just because we were so long in a holding pattern for, mm-hmm. you know, and it was just like every destination had a different arrival protocol that just felt like it was never going away. And once that lifted, it was incredible to see the influx and in the volume. I mean, I'm sure you saw it, you know, towards last year, towards the end of last year, especially summer when everything lifted in Europe, it was like, I, I knew advisors that said, I, I can't take another client right now because everybody's traveling. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I mean, I'm guilty of it that I even canceled trips at one point in the pandemic because I was like, I don't want to deal with the testing and testing him and getting the, like, da, 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 da. I'm guilty of it. So I understand people that felt that way. And then when things got lifted, it was kind of a free for all. And it's been so nice helping clients that really are traveling president's weekend, spring break. Like every time the kids have off of school, they're booking a trip. And, you know, for me, to me, that hits personally because that's how I like to spend our time and money is to, you know, have these experiences. Um, So I'm excited now that I can do that with my son. That's amazing. And so before we get into the last question, um, just say you said Europe, you're expecting obviously summertime, always a boom. If clients haven't booked their summer travel with you yet, have they missed the boat? Are they too late? What is your timeline that you recommend people start looking? It's interesting because I feel like in the past, 
people would book about six to eight months in advance um, for some destinations. Now people are kind of waiting a little longer. I do encourage you for places like Greece, Italy, um, the smaller destinations like Capri, uh, you know, to, to get on that, to book that. Um, but if people are open and they're flexible to the islands and the towns and the cities, um, you know, just reach out when you're ready. I think a great example was I had a client reach out four weeks before a eight week, a six week honeymoon to Australia and New Zealand. And in my past, in my, at my past job, we would have bookings about like a eight, 10 months, 12 months in advance. Um, and so I, a moment of panic, like you don't book this destination four weeks ahead, but because Australia and New Zealand are just now opening and getting back into things, we were able to figure it out, find availability and make it, make it work. Um, but I do encourage now that we're in January, it's 2023 for 2023 summer, uh, reach out. Yeah. So everyone, I'm going to put Shelby's information in the description box for this podcast. So if you are looking for an amazing travel advisor, um, definitely reach out to her and it just makes life so much easier. I'm in the industry, so I would call myself a travel professional. I still use my travel advisor friends when I'm traveling to destinations that I don't look after personally. It just, you guys are the experts and you're your relationships with all the hotels and suppliers speaks volumes that we wouldn't have as a day-to-day consumer. So definitely make sure you reach out to Shelby um, and let her plan your travel for this year and beyond. And the last thing I wanted us to talk about, um, because we say travel professionals, but sometimes there's like things that like we could do better. I'm I'm horrible at packing, I admit. Um, but what would be your favorite tip hack, something that you do when you travel all the time that makes your life easier and you absolutely feel like everyone else should get on the bandwagon with? All right. Well, if you follow me on social media at Travel Fit Love, you will see that I have always been a fan of packing cubes and pouches. I know you said you hate packing, but I swear by them. I will even put pouches within a pouch. Um, It definitely keeps me organized and all of us organized. Um, I have a four-year-old, so I also have a lot of toddler travel tips um, (laughs) that I post about. I bring them everywhere. Um, So yeah, but packing cubes and pouches are the way to go. Amazing. And are you one of those people that if you go on an international trip, so if you're just say your son's not with you, would you do carry on or do you check a bag? A thousand percent carry on. (laughs) The only time I've checked a bag was when we, all three of us were traveling together. We would pack one bag and then take a carry on of like a two days worth of clothes. Um, And only if that's like a week, if we're going for like two, three, four days, we'll carry on. Good for you. Yeah. I mean, let's just say, I mean, I think they've gotten a little bit better, but the risk with checked luggage and flight schedules and everything. I just feel like it's such a risk to check and you're just on a wing and a prayer, literally when you get there, if your bag's going to make it. So definitely the carry on. I agree 1000%, even though I'm a horrible packer. Um, I've been hearing a lot of people saying also to buy air tags, just if you do Mm -hmm. check or you have something that wouldn't be necessarily on your person to have that with you, which I think is a brilliant idea too. So 
Yes, we did that this summer as well. Um, and it was great. Luckily, our bag mate made it. <laughs> but that, that is a great tip as well. Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Well, Shelby, it's been so much fun chatting with you. And as I said, everybody, I'm gonna link her information down below her social media. Make sure to check her out, like, follow, subscribe, all the good stuff. Um, and we will see you when we next sip the tea.